Olá pessoal, tudo bem? And welcome to the Brazil Crypto Report podcast, where we talk to the builders, entrepreneurs, and influencers from across the Brazil crypto ecosystem. I'm your host, Aaron Stanley, and today I'm joined by Mila Rioja, who's the LATAM lead at Celo Foundation. We're going to be discussing some of the exciting things happening in the Celo ecosystem in Brazil and elsewhere. With that, I'd like to welcome Mila to the show. Hi, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me and for making space for us to discuss some of my favorite topics. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. So to get us started, why don't you give us some more background about yourself and how you got into crypto? Yeah, sure. Uh, my crypto story, right? And probably it's not the usual crypto story. Um, I don't have any background in trading. That's actually a subject I rarely talk uh, about. I'm actually a lawyer by background. And after 10 years doing that, I was super interested in the intersection of law and technology. And I was just trying to figure out different ways to, quote, hack the law. And hack, I understand it as like the possibility to use, you know, some technical knowledge applied to some design, can be structural design or actual design as we perceive the world to tackle real world problems. And by analyzing different real world problems, I came across different technologies. I came across artificial intelligence, geometrics. And at first, of course, as a lawyer, what I could do was read and write and after that teach. Uh, but when I came to blockchain technology, I kind of understood Aram that was that a lot was about to change, especially in the way that we related to one another. It's another like blockchain technologies they allow for another level of connectivity connectivity and opportunities. And that's what caught my attention. So uh, we can say I'm a fan of building solutions. And that's how I eventually ended up in a foundation of a blockchain protocol. I love hearing about people's respective journeys, like down the crypto blockchain rabbit hole, because everyone kind of starts from like a slightly different point. And then there's always a slightly different, um, you know, uh, aspect that catches their attention. And then they, they start diving in deeper, then they get kind of gradually red pilled. It's really fun to kind of hear everyone's individual sort of stories on that front, because everyone's pretty unique. So why don't you talk a little bit about how you got involved with Cello, and then also kind of what Cello is from a high level. Well, that's actually another story that I like a lot because I heard about Cello from the words of a founder on Cello. I was invited to uh, a dinner here in Sao Paulo with an individual who was building a solution on Cello. And he was describing, you know, his journey through the community, the support that he was getting, you know, how it felt for him to find a community of like-minded people that were aiming and building solutions, you know, not only talking and discussing, but actually like taking the next, you know, uh, leap, which is like to build and to engage and to test and to try. Um, and he did let me know that at that moment, there was like a search for a person to, you know, help the Brazilian community to grow. So that's how I got into Celo. And uh, well, what is Celo then, right? And what caught my attention and why I diverted and stopped virtually everything that I was doing at a time with a consultancy to fully focus on Celo. Celo is a layer one blockchain that was developed for mobile phones. And why is that? Celo is a word in Esperanto that means purpose. And the purpose of Celo is to enable the building of a financial system that creates conditions of prosperity for all. And that's super powerful in terms of like a headline, right? It says a lot in terms of 
accessibility, connectivity. But what really caught my attention is that Cello and its community found super clever ways to make this into a reality. So making blockchain technologies available in the palm of your hand, it, it's one thing and it's super interesting. But the whole economics of it that is based on the work of an economist called Charles Eisenstein that goes for something called sacred economics that values the human interactions, the communities, the environment, the natural resources. It was something that also caught my attention. So I started, you know, the whole process of getting more integrated with the community of Celo. And I figured out that like this ecosystem that is live in over 158 different countries uh, that has cash in and cash out options in so many different countries that has builders building solutions that range from humanitarian aid uh, with the UBI projects to, you know, things that we use on a daily lives, like a wallet that enables you to buy flights anywhere you want in the world using crypto. It, it was just for me like the perfect match, you know, between like theory and economics and a good technology and being used by a community of people that really focus on real world use cases. So that was a catch for me. Yeah. And the thing that's always kind of struck me about Celo is it, I mean, it is another layer one blockchain, right? These things are kind of a dime a dozen at this point, it seems, but Celo's, it doesn't really brand itself as like, it's just another Ethereum killer smart contract platform. And like, yeah, you can do all the things on Celo that you can maybe do on, you know, some of these other smart contract proof of stake platforms. Uh, you can do DeFi, you can do uh, remittances, you can do value transfer, all these things. But the focus isn't necessarily on like, we're a faster, cleaner, meaner, you know, version of Ethereum, but it's more on like kind of the mission and the purpose. It feels like it has a totally different vibe to it than some of these other platforms, I guess, for that reason. But I mean, what's your kind of take on like how Celo is like different from some of these other, these other competitors? I find it super interesting, like the observation that you're bringing, because you're actually like from your perspective, right, which is navigating through different ecosystem builders, community builders. It's it's the perception that you get that Celo uh, is not trying to like impose, you know, something or a solution by calling out calling out a competition. And that's exactly what we don't do because we don't believe in that. We believe in building tools and ecosystems that we will enable for something that is the widespread adoption of crypto. And you cannot get there without cooperation. You cannot get there by only saying this is better than that, but rather like trying different solutions in a nascent, you know, environment. And what I find amazing about Celo technology and community is like first the focus on accessibility right? Uh, you're going to see some people saying, you know, well, Celo is so real because it has real world use cases. You can get into like a wallet and just in a few clicks, you are doing DeFi and you're doing DeFi in a simplified manner. And sometimes you're doing DeFi with no loss lotteries, which will allow the learning of the crypto experience without the possible losses of that. Of course, there are trade-offs, you know, uh, in these different scenarios. That's something that I, I really find special, you know, like how we make, how we align, you know, uh, technical knowledge with smart and clever designs by default or the way we make things appear to solve real world problems and to onboard more, more people into the blockchain technology. And so this idea of Celo as being a mobile first blockchain, like what does that mean exactly? So Aaron, uh, again, if you allow me, I will use a real world use case to explain what does that mean, right? Because 
we maybe can dwell here into more technical aspects, but <laughs> how do we bring this to your daily lives and make use of blockchain technology in a way to allow for people to have access? There are some very interesting use cases. One of them was performed uh, in partnership with uh, a refugee camp within the UN. So any person with a phone, even if it was not a uh, smartphone, was receiving humanitarian aid and sell dollars in refugee camps. So what does that mean? Is that by default, the technology has some quirks and perks that allow it to be used and to make mobile transfers of crypto in a very simplified and fast manner. So this is the test, you know, we can say this is a test case about usability and how we make, you know, some of this promises, like uh, not this promises, it's actually not a promise. It's different than that. It's more like a view on how the world could be with crypto, you know, more inclusive through uh, actions. So this is kind of how it goes. Yeah. And obviously that's important because if your focus is going to be on financial inclusion or financial empowerment, banking, the unbanked, underbanked, whatever it might be, most of these people, if they don't have a bank account, they probably don't have access to a laptop either, right? So uh, I think optimizing for the mobile phone experience is obviously like that has to be something that's that's heavily prioritized, right? So I think Cello and, and your community is, is hitting the nail on the head with this. And, and this may or may not be the correct analog, but I've always kind of thought of Cello as like the people's version of Libra, like the Facebook project, kind of in the sense that like both projects sort of emerged around the same time, like 2019-ish, and they had similar stated goals of financial inclusion uh, and empowerment. Obviously, the key difference was that Libra was going to be controlled and developed by Facebook and a, like a governing council of these venture capital firms and like traditional financial firms. Uh, and Cello is obviously, you know, more inclusive and open source and ethos. And then, you know, if you fast forward a couple of years, Libra uh, rebranded to Diem, and then it shut down earlier this year. And Cello is still alive and well, seemingly. I'm just kind of interested in your thoughts on that comparison. Is that like a helpful way of kind of understanding like what you guys are trying to do? That's the first time I actually hear about this. And I find it super interesting, uh, especially when I look at the mission, right, uh, of Cello and how things are being implemented based on that mission. For instance, Salo was launched on 2020 on Earth Day. So that's very meaningful for the community of Cello, especially considering the part that we were discussing earlier on, on the stock that relates to, you know, the economics of it. As you know, most of your podcast listeners probably don't. Uh, Cello is a carbon neutral like blockchain that offsets everything that goes on chain by default it has like partnerships with different you know uh, community members that have formed uh, uh, an amazing alliance that's called alliance for prosperity and it has like some further developments one of them is called the climate collective they're not only responsible for this offsetting but also like for further enhancing one mission of cello to have at least 40 percent of its reserve composed by natural capital so again, like pinpointing some of, you know, the specificities of like fellow community and how it goes, I think we, we can point to that, you know, how it was launched, even though at the same time as so many other projects, including the one that you mentioned, uh, uh, it has, you know, like the purpose, the meaning, the actions uh, and the talks. Another thing that I find it super interesting is like the community adoption of Cello in different countries, in very different cultures, in a grassroots approach rather than a top-down uh, imposition. Why do I say that? Because if you take a look, for instance, at the grant program of the Cello Foundation, 
you are going to realize that different countries have already received uh, and different individuals with different projects, some aid, you know, for performing such cool like activities. And this is what makes like Cello a community oriented, but also like a project that is so much like supported by the community. Another great aspect of, of this like global approach to what Cello is building and uh, a very interesting like uh, welcoming reception by the global population of Cello. It's a recent project called like Connect the World. This is super interesting because it's a $20 million initiative so that different developers across different countries, they build cash in and cash out like solutions, integrating Cello blockchain to whatever they find best on their local communities in terms of cash in and cash out options. So the thing is, I think that Cello and its community have built ways to allow the building of what Cello means be more decentralized, uh, be as decentralized as possible in the current scenario. And I think that's a, a, an interesting differential from other projects. Yeah, and I think it's a good example of the opposite approach of what you know the aforementioned project was trying, where it was sort of all top-down, heavily controlled, and then... I'm not, I'm not sure how they're going to get people to adopt this, but presumably by like forcing people to adopt it, if you use WhatsApp or whatever, or Facebook, that's kind of interesting. It's an interesting dichotomy. I find like just thinking of like, okay, what's like the, the top down approach doing these things and what's the bottom up approach doing these things, even though they both have kind of the same stated objectives and there's no reason to doubt the veracity or to question their belief in these objectives, but it's just a different approach to doing things. So, and the other thing I wanted to ask about is this concept of regenerative finance. Um, I guess I'm not in by any extent, like someone who's capable of talking about this with any degree of authority, but it's one of these things where it's like, okay, okay in crypto, people always find these ways of like, they come up with these like terms that sound really interesting, but nobody knows what they really mean. Um, but they sound really cool. Right. So, you know, from your perspective, like what is regenerative finance? Why, why is this something that Celo is, you know, has, has become a proponent of? That's an excellent question. And also with not a warning, but actually with a, a knowledge, right, of how crypto markets work. Sometimes, you know, we need we do need to find some words, you know, that can connect people or at least drive some attention and some curiosity towards like a new advancement. So yeah, sometimes some catchy words need to come to make sure, you know, that we capture some some attention. And after I give this explanation, maybe I'll tell you a, a funny story uh, on how sometimes, you know, this is a, a match made in heaven. But Refi is like the short for regenerative finances. And um, if you look at the history of Cello, right, launched in the Earth Day and with this proposal and based on sacred economics, which gives value to things that have value for us to continue having the lives that most of us, I believe, like, right, with clean water, solid environment, healthy communities, and so on and so forth. So Refi is a, a suggestion, you know, to rethink how we do things, to rethink economic models uh, that can propose or provide for more positive externalities than to some more extraction, extractive ways, you know, of thinking about finance. How do we build societies so far? How did we get here, you know, as like different individuals and also different uh, uh, economies and societies? Well, based on depth, right? That's usually the motor. You need to do something, you go like to a bank or to somebody that can loan you money, you contract like a, a depth, right? And based on your willingness, you know, to generate some sort of like profit 
or goods, you're going to start like repaying, you know, the debt that you have. Now, let's think about regenerating the financial system. Let's think about regenerating like the, um, the environment to having more regenerative practices from small things to big things. You know, we can be talking about like fashion, you know, like how not to produce so much waste in the fashion. So all of this is related to, you know, this part of uh, refi. But, but the great catch there, uh, Aaron, is how do we value things that are protective of what we want to see grow rather than this whole narrative, you know, of contracting debt? What if the origin of new credit could be protecting land, cleaning oceans, taking off like a garbage or microplastics that are polluting our bodies? What if this is what generates credits for us to have some sort of like, you know, abstraction that we call money and allows us into building the solutions. So refi narrative is rooted in the opportunity of us like using regenerative means, regenerative methods, initiatives, companies, dApps, DAOs to build a sustainable or regenerative future and not only based on like uh, scarcity, retrieving or retracting, you know, from uh, the nature without ever giving back or, you know, having a more holistic approach to the external consequences of each one of these acts. Does that make sense to you? I know it's a bit of a... Yeah. So like, if I understand you, I'm just going to kind of repeat back what I think I heard you say there. Um, But basically it's like, we have this new, you know, this new technology that like, you know, blockchain, programmable money, crypto that can essentially redesign the way that we, we organize communities and we organize economic models. And through that, we have the opportunity, things that were never like really priced in accurately before, like, you know, the, like the health of our water systems or the health of the air or, other things that may, you know, that we've historically just kind of like, it's like, well, we'll just throw some money at some nonprofits to go like solve those problems for us, some NGOs, right? Like that's their problem. Like we're, we're here to make money. We'll throw some money at these guys to go save the environment or whatever. But like, how can you kind of create an economic model that, you know, rewards people for protecting the environment or rewards people for not polluting water or, or basically prices in some of these externalities essentially um, and create creates economic opportunity for people to actually do so. And it's not just kind of this thing where it's like, well, just let these other guys, you know, these environmentalist people deal with that. Right. Is that, is that kind of like, am I sort of hovering over the target there? With <laughs> Totally. It's about how we create an ecosystem, how we create a com- community towards like a, a shared goal of like uh, financial prosperity and inclusion, you know, like uh, uh, rooted in everything that you just said. So this is the magic of it, making something like that is a system rather than like a payoff solution. You know, like we have a problem here. Let me, you know, maybe direct some of the profits. So let's, I mean, I'd love to dig into this more, but I think it's maybe a bit outside of the scope of this particular podcast, but I do find it pretty interesting. And it's it's something, it's just a term we've been hearing a lot about this summer across crypto. And it's I haven't really had a chance to fully dive into it. Um, but let's let's shift gears here a bit more toward your work in Brazil. And Mila, you were telling us earlier about how you kind of you got connected with the Cello team in Brazil and met some of the people that are building in Brazil, and that's kind of how you got excited about it. Maybe talk a bit about just like how would you describe from high level just the state of the Cello ecosystem in Brazil and and perhaps in Latam more broadly? Sure, um, and it's such an amazing community with 
such inspiring projects that it's definitely worth like uh, some moment of your, our talk here. Um, yeah, some very interesting things are taking place in Latin America as a whole. I'll start with a broader scenario rather than on cello, and then we come closer to what's been done here. Uh, some reports will say that like 10% of crypto transactions overall, you know, happen and occur in Latin America. But crypto has a very different meaning to Latin American people than for North American people, Asians, Europeans, and so many other, you know, uh, nationalities and regions across the globe. The reason for that is how much we suffer with uh, situations like the inflation or the lack of access to banking services in some countries and how that is a never like changing, you know, scenario with not an easy solution for our population. Some aspects that I also find very interesting, you know, to define what is Latin America and what is Latin American crypto and why the reception of Celo uh, here is quite interesting are related, for instance, uh, for, instance uh, for the uh, appetite that Brazilians and also like other Latin American regions have for technology. You're probably aware of this, like dealing so much with Brazilians uh, at this point as you are and knowing our community, like memes here, they just like skyrocket. We have a whole culture pre-crypto that is based on memes and connecting people, you know, to this type of, of, of place. I think once Brazilians, they were excluded from participating in an MTV award because we were voting too much in something that was like an online meme and not in something serious. There was once the election of like the best goal of the world that instead of being awarded to somebody like Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi was awarded to a Brazilian nobody knew about because like the power of Brazilians on the internet, like these are all like facts of how much connectivity there is in like our region and my original country. I think in Brazil, there are over 2.5 or 2.7 cell phones per individual. So the thing that we were discussing earlier on how relevant it is for us to, you know, build something as a community that is not only direct 2 billion like computers, but to 8 billion uh, phones and not only smartphones is something of the essence. So considering all of this and also the regulatory status of things in Latin America, so many countries right now, you know, discussing uh, crypto legislation, some of the countries adopting crypto uh, as their legal tender in Latin America and the Caribbeans, um, some openness, for instance, from our um, central bank, specifically in Brazil, that is saying things like, hey, you people doing stable coins, why don't you use the CBDC of Brazil as part of the reserve of your stable coin? This is such a, like a forward approach, you know, like to crypto and community. So this is what Brazil and Latin America is about. So when something like Celo that is very grassrooted, like arrives in such a like place, the adoption, the natural adoption, you know, by the community, by the crypto community, it's welcoming because people want to try that out. Okay, it's super easy, super fast, super cheap to do transactions. We are protecting the environment while doing it and contributing to these economics. Why not to try to build on it? So some quick facts about the Latin American builders community on Celo. Most recently, we had a very interesting gathering. It was called Celo Connect. It occurred quite a few months ago in Barcelona. And I was happy to host something that was called the Latin American Founders Meetup. And surprisingly, over 60 people attended mm. this meeting. I'm talking about wow. Europe, 
um, talk, yes. And we have like the pictures of this in the social media of Celo. And I was just asking, you know, during this meetup, because I didn't know all of the founders. Uh, uh, of course, it's such a big network, but. Uh, and I was asking, what are you working on? And they were working on cash in and cash out, market making, like investments, NFTs, metaverse, building like uh, uh, social related solutions. And it was such like a, a vast and vivid and community that it really caught my attention. Something else that we could be talking about is how like the community is asking for new stable assets. Uh, to come to life on Celo Network. Uh, as you know, again, but maybe bringing this to the wider uh, community, Celo is 100% on-chain governance based. So any individual or member of the community can propose for um, changes, right, in the protocol, whatever they are, including uh, new stable assets. And the third stable asset of Celo blockchain was the Celo Hell, which was proposed by an avocado in one of our public forums. Uh, this avocado was an engineer and what happened after he wrote about, you know, some use cases that a solo Brazilian hell could have was an embracing by the existing community. And what's happening now as we speak, Aaron, is something super interesting. First, uh, the first CGP for enhancing the liquidity of Celo Hell is currently under voting. So not only Celo was launched, but now the community wants to enhance the, the liquidity and this is currently being analyzed. But the Colombian community also organized now to ask for a Celo Colombian peso. Whether this is going to happen or not depends on like community factors, uh, such as, you know, finding the right use cases, writing and drafting these proposals, submitting to voting, making the amendments on GitHub. But this is kind of what's happening here. It's super vivid on the builder side. We do have some very cool real-world use cases happening, and it seems that the community wants to see more of this action happening, as we can take from the experience in Colombia. Talk a little bit more about the adoption of the of the CHAO. And I know you launched it back in January, so it's been a little over six months now. And it looks like you've got a number of platforms and partners where people can access it and use it. But I'd be curious as to like where can people use this, uh, and you know who is using it, what are they using it for. What's kind of the roadmap over the next six, 12 months for expanding, especially given, especially if, if there's additional liquidity for it that the community approves? Let's think about like a, a user journey, right? And how you could do different things using a Celo How in your daily activities. I understand that there are some projects that are integrating Celo How in their uh, wage payment apps. There are at least two different projects that are working on it. It's not ready yet to my knowledge, uh, but like eventually you could be even receiving, you know, like uh, your your wage in Celo Hell, but let's pretend you are not receiving that uh, yet. What you can do is to go to three, three different centralized exchanges or to a uh, mento and either mint your own Celo Hell or exchange whatever like crypto that you have, including Celo for Celo Hells. After you do that, what you can do in the local uh, ecosystem is the following. One, you can have this crypto in wallets that are wired to integrate with the banking system. And what does that mean is that, is that you can cash in and out super quickly. Two of these wallets, they are, one of them is already integrated with a payment processor. So by using a QR code, you can pay from like a coffee to beer to going to a cinema or like going to a concert with Celo Hell. 
in another of these wallets, uh, you can also pay for any utility bills that you have. So your rent, electricity, con gas, as we know so well here in Brazil and so many others, you can already pay with crypto without having any type of friction. So these real world use cases, they are already enabled. Um, there's another exchange that is listing uh, the Salohel and will also allow for a debit card. A crypto card uh, and this is super interesting right because you lower all the friction that you have so you got your your wage your salary or whatever either in fiat or in crypto you have ways to pay your bills and you can also do DeFi. there are i think over maybe three to five community projects one of them including uh, one of them is called good ghosting the, it does its no loss lottery pulls in which you can use Salohel and also receive some rewards. So um, in my head, right, there are at least three simple use cases for a stable asset, which are real world use cases, wages, paying for whatever you have, DeFi and trading. And um, I can say that Salohel, due to its community, was able you know, to achieve uh, testing and use cases in all of these three areas. So this is, I think, the the figure, you know, the 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 this is the showcase for what Salohao has done in this first six, six months due to its community. And what I expect to see in the next months coming forward is one, the wider adoption of Salohao by different projects and protocols. Most recently we were in Paris due to the ECC uh, event. Salo was hosting a side event called Salo Saloon. And a lot of individuals, uh, especially from the Brazilian and Latin American community, was go were going like back and forth, analyzing the proposal to have more liquidity on chain for sell highs and thinking about what they could do in like DeFi terms and so on and so forth. So I think it's crucial that this liquidity proposal eventually gets approved uh, and then that we see other use cases and a growth in the use of sell uh, occurring in Brazil. I mean, I just find it personally interesting that you have the previous other two stable assets that you had were the CUSD and the C Euro. And that third one that, that the community would choose to adopt is the Real, right? I find that personally pretty interesting. And it's a good testament to just the, you know, the value proposition of that the community brings and kind of that whole mission-driven theme we were talking about earlier. And whenever I'm looking at stable coins, like I always kind of think like, okay, like how, you know, I mean, obviously the primary use case for stable coins at this point has, is, and has always been trading, right? And so whenever I'm looking at stable coins, I'm always kind of like, okay, like, well, you know, what's it going to take to actually kind of really get significant traction beyond just like the trading use case? I mean, it seems like you've got some like really nice traction here. And obviously there's other assets that maybe might be better. If you're a trader, there might be better things to be using. Like it might be better just to use the BRZ if that's what you're, you know, if you're a trader in Brazil. But if you're looking to do actual just payments and mobile payments and, and just sending value and participating in some cello related DeFi, DeFi uh, funds or lotteries or whatever, uh, the C-Rail provides that type of functionality. But that's just kind of like my heuristic whenever I look at stable coins is like, at the end of the day, like with crypto, I mean, and stable coins, the, the primary use case is still always trading. But like, to what extent are we kind of moving the ball down the field, so to speak, on, you know, implementing those real world use cases? So I think that's really cool to see that that there's some traction behind this. And and I just saw that FTX also in Brazil also made the C Real or they listed it, so it's available on that platform now. Is there a list anywhere of like which platforms uh, in in the country that that you can that users can access this, or they can? I think there was Repio was another one, but is there a like a comprehensive list of where folks can can access this? 
Did FTX list already? Wow, I didn't even know that. Uh, yeah, oh, I may be wrong. I, I don't know. Uh, I thought I saw something about it. I may be wrong. <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I think the, the community, no, I think it's sorry, right. I don't know if it's on already, but what I know is that the community was asking for it. Uh, and that that's probably it. I don't know if they uh, implemented yet, but it seems it's on its way. On Celo website, if you check for Celo Connect page, you're going to see cash in and cash out options throughout the globe. And when you hit like the Brazil section, you can scroll down and you're going to see um, different options. I don't know if that's fully updated, but we can certainly like make sure to keep this uh, online. The partners already listing and using Sellhow include, as you said, Repio, Bitcoin Trade, uh, FlowBTC, uh, Novadax uh, is launching soon. They are the ones who are doing the card campaign. Uh, FTX <laughs> it seems to be excited to get this going in a in a promo with our community. Uh, in terms of wallets, there's a wallet called Coins and another wallet called uh, Bitfy. And yeah, I think that those are some of the options that we already have going and working. In addition to that, you you've also got some. I just went over to the website here. There's a lot of you know payment processors that connect like the main kind of fiat on ramps yeah. like Pay, Simplex, Ramp Network. Some of these guys and banks uh, and these other ones. These are all like, like obviously critical on ramps to have that kind of functionality. So there's there's certainly uh, there's no lack of sort of of, of on ramps at this point, which is which is pretty cool. Well, because it's interesting, right? If you like, of course, the people, they're not seeing what we are seeing, but it's super worth checking salad.org slash connect the world. Why? Because it's so many different countries, uh, you know, with different solutions. And that really shows the work that the community is doing towards those integrations. Because this project, it works in a grant fashion. So whenever a country doesn't have an on and off ramp, you can request, you know, for a grant to perform the integration and then you have it updated to this website. So it's indeed cool and worth taking a look. So I guess the other question I want to think on the C-Rail topic for a moment here, C-Rail is an al algorithmic stable coin. So I'd like you to kind of help us understand a bit better of like just how that works. And then also, I mean, obviously this is sort of a, like a four letter word now in crypto after this whole Luna Terra situation. And, you know, lots of crypto pundits are all kind of saying like, oh, algo stables are dead and it's a terrible idea and whatever. I guess I just like to know, like, how, like, how is the CRL fared under the kind of the current market conditions? And then also what's maybe the community's response to this, you know, this pronunciation that algo stables are, you know, the worst thing ever or whatever, or I think it's a bit premature. I mean, just because one thing fails, like, I mean, everything's going to fail a few times before you figure out how to do it correctly, right? So I think some of this stuff is a bit premature, but we just kind of like your thoughts on how has this fared and what's kind of been the, the reaction given what's happened in the other parts of the market. I understand Celo, uh, Celo stable assets as hybrid uh, stable assets. Why do I say this? So let's go back to Charles Eisenstein and the whole theory of, uh, you know, what Celo is and what Celo does. Um, the reserve of Celo, it's fully transparent and it's available for access 24-7 on celoreserve.org. Actually, it's mentorreserve.org. I will check here and then we can even put in the, the comments. It's reserve.mentor.org. So 24-7, you can take a look at this reserve and understand right uh, what is backing these assets and how does that occur. So uh, when you take a look at that, you're going to see that the reserve of Celo is composed by Celo, 
Bitcoin, Ethereum, DAI, and tokenized carbon credits. For the first time, the seller community has gone through the governance proposal and like used, you know, uh, nature-backed assets to include and be part of the reserve. So this is one thing that I find it super interesting. Um, the reserve has been working as I, I understand plan, right? It has always been over collateralized and it is still over collateralized. Uh, even uh, after everything that happened. And the community is also like taking steps to study what are the best ways to maintain, you know, the equilibrium of these assets, of assets uh, in view of different pressure points or pressure moments. During the crisis, there was another governance proposal that was voted to increase the number of DAI uh, and reserve and also USDC. Because at the time, the community understand that that was the best strategy considering everything that was going in the market. So again, uh, uh, the whole governance on chain governance, you know, model and proposal and how it works allows the seller community to leverage on community intelligence to have the best solutions or the best solutions that we see visible as a community to, you know, protect ourselves from uh, uh, different occurrences in the market. So this is a little bit uh, of how I see this uh, working. So if you ask me as a community member, you know, uh, what do I think? Well, I think that first, it's super interesting to have a transparent reserve in which I don't have to ask permission for anybody or to an auditing firm to understand what's going on. Of course, then you can audit whatever is shown in this uh, uh, website, in this dashboard and so on and so forth. But this for me is the first crucial thing. Secondly, uh, if we are talking about bidding like different financial models, I really like the flexibility of being able to, you know, have different assets composed as back basket depending on the time of the year or the period of the crypto market we don't have naturally like strawberries every time of the year we have them every time of the year if we do some tricks or if we bring it from somewhere else but like every time uh, every different time and through every different condition of you know pressure we need different strategies and the on-chain governance of cello has allowed for this reserve and for the community to behave in an expected fashion. So uh, I think that's my take on it. Well, cool. No, no, thank you for that. I find it interesting that your approach is much more like really kind of community and like kind of analytics driven. It's transparent. There's kind of a rugged sort of on-chain governance process involved with sort of setting these collateralization limits and things. And it, it seems like it's it's driven a lot more by kind of just transparency and openness and kind of a grassroots ethos rather than you know, kind of hype and Twitter shit posting and stuff and, you know, starting wars with other stable coins and things that was sort of, you know, the the, the driving factor in some of these other uh, failed projects. You know, I like the ethos that you're, you're in the approach that you're taking here. It's slightly uh, related, but we talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, I wanted to just kind of switch over to like the, what you've been, the kind of the dialogues you've been having with the, the Central Bank of Brazil. Um, and obviously, Celo has, as part of Zello, Celo's value proposition, there's been a lot of work and research done on kind of the CBDC front, central bank digital currency. And um, obviously, the Central Bank of Brazil has also been pretty uh, innovative on this as well with their digital rail development. I'm just kind of curious, like, what has been the interactions there, the dialogues, um, any potential like collaborations or anything? Um, just kind of curious as to what you're 
interactions have been with with the, the central bank so far? A few projects uh, within the seller community, they have applied to the regulatory sandbox. Uh, unfortunately, in the last choosing, uh, um, none of them were uh, chosen at the, at the point at the moment. Uh, of course, we take this uh, with some sorrow for the community. Of course, it's amazing to see some projects selected, but we also understand that it takes a little bit of time, you know, to tell people and let them know everything that's happening, uh, not only on Celo, right, but also in the uh, in the Celo network, but in the wider community of over, um, I lost track of how many builders and how many projects, I think over 400, 500. Um, one thing that I find super interesting is that one of the exchanges that decided to list Salo uh, Hell, which is Flow BTC, it was on the first cohort of the central bank uh, sandbox, regulatory sandbox. They were chosen to do it and they have been performing and developing different projects uh, within the central bank so far. I was part of an event. Uh, I, I gave two, two talks in an event where the central bank president was also present a couple of weeks ago. For me, it was super interesting, you know, to hear him saying, hey, maybe CBDC of Brazil is something that can be used in a, to back some stable assets. And I was just thinking and maybe to share with you how this could take place considering like how things Salo, uh, on Salo work. So it doesn't matter in whatever network this comes uh, uh, to be. Eventually, if somebody feels it's a good approach to have a CBDC, you know, integrating the reserve or part of the reserve related to Salo House specifically, a proposal could be drafted and then voted and then have this composition. And I'm just wondering, you know, what the community will want with this. Are we going to like think about something special for Brazil where we have a little bit of this, you know, CBDC, Brazilian CBDC, but also specific tokens that are helping the five biomes that we have? Not only the Amazon rainforest, but also like the Kachinga, the Cerrado, the Pampas, and everything that Brazil has to offer. So I am super, you know, uh, uh, curious to see how this is going to be moving forward. And of course, Seal um, Labs, which is one of the one of the, the, the companies or uh, on one of the initiatives that are active within the Salo network uh, has developed uh, Provo. Provo is some sort of like a sandbox, you know, to try and test different CBDC models. To be very honest with you, Aaron, I'm not the best person to uh, speak about this because I'm not involved in this project. Uh, but maybe we can further, you know, and have a second upcoming, you know, guest to your show to to discuss this into more detail. That's great. Yeah, it would be interesting to kind of dive a bit more into that. Um, I've yet to really dive too deeply into the digital rail stuff, aside from just kind of covering what other people have reported. But I would definitely like to learn a bit more and talk to some of the folks involved. Switching gears slightly here, um, could you just kind of give us an overview of what are some of the other projects in Brazil from the Celo community? Like what are some maybe like maybe like two to three of the, of kind of the main, like the ones that have kind of generated the most uptake so far, the ones that you're, you're pretty excited about. 
Yeah, sure. So uh, the first project that we must mention, I think it's Impact Market. Impact Market was unfortunately not built in Brazil. It's an initiative that actually started in Portugal, but has received such a wide adoption here uh, that is worth mentioning. And of course, there are a lot of Brazilians that now integrate their team. Uh, Impact Market, it's a UBI, a universal basic income protocol. So basically what they do is to make sure that in a transparent way and fashion, you can, you know, have some help to those in need the most. And if I'm not mistaken, they are aiding around 30,000 uh, communities or something of the kind throughout the globe. Out of this, I think over half are located in Brazil. So this is the, the adoption, the interesting adoption that we are seeing by a, a project uh, within the community. Uh, and this is, again, not an endorsement of any project in any way, shape or form, but rather than just letting people know about the initiatives that are undertaking place here. Another uh, interesting and new project on Cell Blockchain is called The Trash. They are active in cleaning the oceans. So their main concern is like taking plastics and other uh, uh, things from the Brazilian beaches. This is a project that is led by an individual from Bahia. And what I like about this is that if you know, if you've seen the reports, 80% of the startups in Brazil, they're either located in Rio de Janeiro or Sao Paulo. So when I see more founders from the north, northeast region or south region, south, southern region of Brazil, you know, embracing the causes of refi and doing it, you know, with such like a passion and commit, I find it super interesting. Um, I would also like to mention, and this is more than a project, like a founder itself. Uh, he was part of one of the hackathons that we hosted uh, since I joined. Uh, this hackathon was super interesting. Over 300 developers signed to take part in this hackathon. It's a huge number, you know, 300 people coding on Solidity. It's something super interesting and super special. And out of this cohort of uh, projects, um, some of them were awarded. I think the third place ge uh, general category for NFTs was awarded to a project on Brazil. But then this developer called Everton, and I'm making like a call for him, like public with his name. He built, he's building a project that's called uh, to heavens. But what I would like to mention about this individual, uh, Aaron, is the spirit of Cello uh, that he carries within himself. And the story is the following. Uh, we started doing like this Discord meetings in which everybody can join, right? So I join from the foundation, different projects are going to join. Sometimes like we have 30 people on, 40 people on. Sometimes we have five people on. And during one of these calls, uh, the community came up with a suggestion of a community-led meetup. And we did this community-led meetup. And what Everton is going to do is that in the next one, he will be teaching people how to build no-code solutions on Celo. And he's developing the project for free to award to the Celo community. So in the first one, we got to know each other with faces on because this core, we usually do it only audio. And after this, he has volunteered one to bridge the gap between like maybe builders that don't know how to code yet. And secondly, to make this in a way to make the ecosystem grow. So these are the three projects um, that I or people that I think are worth mentioning within the solid community at that point. And no prejudice to all the others that we love. Maybe this is a, a line to have you invited me one more time to talk about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll have to we'll have to kind of run through the 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 broader the broader list of folks and and some of the cool things that are happening. Maybe talk a bit more about like if people want to get involved with with the cello community. Um obviously you're you know the, the community lead for the Latam region. And obviously they can get in touch with you, but what specifically like are you looking for or like what types of people should be maybe, you know, if you're interested in like X topic, like, you know, you should get in touch with us. Like what's the best way for people to to maybe pitch you or propose things to you. And also I just want to ask quickly about the um the grants program that the Solo Community Fund has. Um I know they've they've distributed some funds to projects in Brazil. They also gave me a grant. So thank you for I know it probably wasn't anything to do with you, but thank you for supporting me. Um you know, how can folks maybe you know apply to this and like what types of projects are successful candidates? So first, unfortunately, I'm not the community lead uh, of Seller Foundation. I'm actually like when we call lead, I, you know, help in different ways, shapes or forms. One is, of course, the community, but also like uh, the development of new solutions, this grants programs and so on and so forth. But one of the community leads, uh, it's called Rafael. He's actually a grantee. And with him, we have Alga. So how does this happen? If you want to speak on the social medias of Celo, what you are going to do is to speak first to other grantees that have received the grant, you know, to manage the community, to speak with the community, to do lives. And this is what you can do. If you want to discuss your project, we have the Discord that is an open forum, you know, uh, and very welcoming with daily, sorry, with weekly uh, open times for us to connect. Other than that, there is also the Cello Forum where you can have like more structured discussions about some topics that may even become eventually a governance proposal or something of the kind. If you need help to build and nurture your projects, there are different pathways through the Cello community. One of them is the grants and the Cello Community Fund is happily not the only source of funds within the Cello community. You have the Cello Community Fund, you have the Cello Foundation, and you have Ocelot also giving grants for the Cello community. Rather than that, if you need actual like uh, VC investments, there's something that's called the Hitchhiker's Guide for Fundraising on Cello. This is also available uh, online on our uh, on the public documents that constitute Cello that you can use, you know, to talk to some VCs that like the Cello mission and are open to welcome uh, individuals. If you want to engage on builders' activities, you can either engage on the hackathons. I think we have over like maybe 10 a year happening in different parts of the world, um, but you can also engage in a project that's called Salo Camp. Salo Camp is like, and I'll make this comparison because I like the other project, which is Y Combinator. Salo Camp is kind of a Y Combinator for the Salo ecosystem. The sixth cohort is now open and the oh, and there is a call right to invite builders to be part of this acceleration program that culminates with a very interesting um like a, a competition you know between the the projects with some prizes but also the opportunity to you know pitch for the for some VCs, but also to engage in the grants community. Um, if nothing of that is what you want, if you just want to learn what blockchain is and be closer to the community, there's material available in Portuguese, English, Spanish, uh, maybe a bit of uh, Mandarin, maybe a bit in in um, 
in French. And of course, all the individuals in the one, more than 158 countries that are on our Discord platform talking about this. So you can direct yourself to Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, and find access to like very, very high quality information uh, produced by the solar community. Uh, this is not even less, but maybe the last thing I'm going to say, because there are more resources, is a whole universe. Uh, Aaron, we, we think that the content that is independently produced by grantees is of like high relevance. So I will explain a bit of what the grants culture is and use you and impact the finance as examples of how this like decentralized learning is pushed forward. Um, grant is a program in which like a project or an individual can request for money, can request for like a financial like incentive or help or aid that comes from the community. So this is money from the community that goes to the community. What is the scope of a grant? The scope of a grant can be as simple as I want to study uh, like how having validators work in every single phone and not only smartphone will revolution will make a revolution, you know, for the telecom system and write a paper. And I need maybe I don't know three hundred dollars to make some trips and drink and eat and have a hotel because I want to interview a few people can be like from that to also like I need actual money you know to pay for developers to deploy a new solution on cello or I want to host a hackathon in my city or I want to have a podcast or I want to like produce some content to go online so the grants culture is something very interesting and very relevant for the web3 community it's purely based on like how individuals can exercise their gifts and give back and help build this, the, the community that they are on. So two examples of like uh, learning opportunities that you could have uh, within, you know, the, the, the material that is produced through the cello grants could be one, your blog uh, and your vlog. And that did not come from the foundation, I, I think. I think it came from CCF, which is a cello community fund uh, that is run by different individuals. Like the, 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 the stewards of it are in constant change to make sure that different people have access to it. And in contrast to that, there's a project that is called Impacta.finance that is led by two women. Maybe you know one of them, Rafaela Romano, who used to be the head of Cointelegraph. Uh, in Brazil and Impacta.finance and uh, Paula Palermo, Impacta.finance is a hub of news that focus on regenerative finances. So this grant came through the Salo Foundation and it shows a little bit of how like the community should empower the different talents that are part of community to do their thing, you know, and then to be able to offer back to the community. You know, there it seems like there's so many opportunities and so many different ways for people to get involved. And I think that's one of the key, really the key differentiations between this current, you know, bear market, if you want to call it that, and like the last bear market is that um, although prices might be down a little bit, like the amount of activity and opportunities available and 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 grants and and things of this nature, uh, like this stuff just wasn't available last time around, right? And um, and it's available not just to people that have like you don't need to have like this world changing idea necessarily right like you can you know it seems like these 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 programs are available just kind of for anybody who wants to start getting involved in some capacity in the ecosystem 
if it's even if it's just like going to a conference to like learn more or something, right? So definitely encourage folks to check that out. And probably running out of time here, so we should probably wrap this up. But I mean, Mila, do you want to just kind of give us like any any concluding thoughts here? You know, what are you excited about kind of in, on the Brazil front for the next maybe six months or so? Thank you once more for the opportunity to connect and to speak with your audience. Uh, something that thrills me, it's indeed like the concept of regenerative finances and how this like uh, with a community that is thinking about how to develop this new concept. Uh, and to like real world possibilities, uh, it's going to evolve. Most recently, I did a talk on ECC about like how DeFi, but then switching to ReFi could be a ladder for the Latin American market out of the emerging status. And this is something that is very dear and very close to my heart because when we think about all the natural capital, all the the cultural heritage the Latin American countries have, the 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 cleverness, but also like the kind-hearted spirit of its population, I just don't understand how you know we don't have like stronger economies. So one thing that I'm actively invested on, it's like help activate community builders, thought leaders, uh, uh, make partnerships, you know, with different opportunities and different protocols, whatnot, to like ignite this like creative power into Web3 solutions within the Latin America. If you want to check that out, my talk on ECC is available online. Would also like to invite all of the people listening to us today to follow Celo on social media, like pick your language, English, Portuguese, Spanish, just go for it. Make sure that you talk to the people. Uh, most of these channels, they are managed by the community. So you're going to see a very interesting, you know, like interface with the people who are there. Uh, and make sure to also check our Discord because that's where some of the magic for the builders actually happen. Well, Mila, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about just all these awesome things that are happening uh, in the Celo community in Brazil and elsewhere. Thank you. See you next time. And thank you to everyone who's listening out there. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back soon with another great guest. Obrigado, everyone, and thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the Brazil Crypto Report newsletter on Substack if you haven't already. And please do give the show a five-star rating on your podcast app if you enjoyed this content. We'll be back soon with another great guest.